experience a wonderful show. And here live in Carterville, Georgia, it's the top for Team Movetta. We have Steve Burns, Andrew Good to have you, Jimmy. Uh, let's jump right in. So, speaking of the Braves, uh, they had a game last night, lost. Um, Cincinnati got 10 hits off of them. So, what are your thoughts so far about the Braves beginning this defending year for a championship? Uh, well, it's the first game. Um, you know, pitchers, they're not really stretched out yet. I mean, you know. Uh, Freed had, uh, he, he really didn't pitch that bad. They got blue kicks off of him. <laughs> and I'll take that any day. I mean, it's going to all balance out uh, by the time the season's over. They hit a couple of balls to to the wall. And when it gets warmer, those balls don't either hit the wall or go out. So, you know, uh, with all the fanfare for the first game last night, uh, you, you got to think. Cincinnati was playing loose. Okay? It's not their opening night, so for uh, you know at home. So the Braves had to do with all the stuff that's going on. It takes, believe it or not, it takes energy to do that stuff. So first game, we got 161 more games, so I think we're fine. 161 more games. What do you expect to see from game to game as far as progress or at least some positives for you? They need to set the tone early. Because obviously they're the defending champs, they've got a lot to prove. But because they lost their unnamed superstar, uh, they they have to set a new tone and a new culture, and they got to do that now. And they, they don't have the time to wait for a couple more. Like they got to do it now. And so yeah, it's one game in a long season, but it's how you start. You you got to start off strong if you're the Braves. It sounded like you were expecting them to to make a statement. With this game. They needed to come in strong and for their own confidence with the, the new regime, the new leader, kind of the team leadership. Uh, they had to, I, I feel like they should have set the tone early. Yes and no, Drew. I can't go along with you on all that because it's the first game. It's the first game. Don't even mention uh, number five, man, no more. He's gone. He's my enemy now. Uh, Matt Olson's going to do a great job. Don't, don't, don't even worry about that. Nobody cares about them day, The first day at your new, it, back in the day, when you were, yeah. before you, you, uh, he's my enemy. While you were still working, first day of the new job, you want to have a good first day, you know, come in, show, show everybody that, hey, I, I belong here. The Braves didn't do that last night. Oscar Riley had a two run homer. I mean, he was still in stride. Uh, but <clears> again, <throat> we had a couple of, uh, shots that they caught. I mean, if they don't catch him, it's a different game. Well, Austin Riley's on pace for 162 home runs. You're going to get the MVP right now. Well, you know, I, I tell you what, if you watched the broadcast last night, that's all they were talking about. It's him uh, being a dark horse for the MVP. That he should have really been in number two or three last year. But, you know, he's got to do it over time. I ain't worried about that. I ain't worried about all the MVPs. I want to win the World Series again. So I'll let it take care of itself if you do that. I hear, I hear you name drop a couple of folks on the team right now, but uh, as, as OG said, you know there are a lot of new faces, and, and so who on this roster do you expect to carry this team through 
to another change? Who does the name that stick out to you? Well, of course, Ronald Acuna, when he comes back, that's going to change the whole tone that you're talking about. When he comes back, he, he's, he needs to be, in some capacity, influencing and setting the, the culture. And he's going to be one of the leaders, I'm sure. He knows that. Someday, when he comes back. Well, he'll be someday. He'll be back in maybe a week. Let's see, what maybe two weeks going into May. He'll be back early May. He could play now. They just want to make sure that he's good. Ronald Cooney is going to help set that tone. Matt Olson's going to help set that tone. He, I, they're going to grow to uh, enjoy Matt and his back because he's going to do it on the field as well. Dansby is another guy that's going to hop to him and Riley. They, these are your leaders now. This is your core. So the Braves are going to be fine. Y'all know it's a long season. Uh, pitchers got to get stretched out. You know, he went right at six innings last night. You you got a uh, Strider coming there and was just blazing. I ain't never heard of him, but he came in there blazing. I mean, uh, so I think I really think the Braves are going to be fine. I really like uh, what I'm seeing, and I think once everybody's over number five leaving. You know, we got to let it go. It's over. It's business. It's done. So we're going to roll with uh, Matt Olson, and we're going to ride all the way to the bank. I, I just don't want to hear you saying in, in two weeks' time when Acuna's back. And, oh, they just, it's early. It's the first month of the season. I just It's still early. It's the month of the season. What you talking about? One month in a, in a major league season? I was making this season. Six, six and, and a half months? Do you worry about one month? You look at what we got. Look at what we got last year. You have to. Come on, you 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 pick your fight. I'm gonna give you one question. Question: How? I mean, when it comes to a a baseball season, I think what the beauty and most frustrating thing about it is it it waxes and wanes and has to build momentum. And as the storyline often changes as the season progresses, but at the end of the day. Again, the question is, what you're seeing from your expectations, from from what you're pre- predicting, can the Braves repeat? I don't know about <clears throat> I don't like to say uh, a team's going to be re- uh, that's going to repeat, because in baseball, it's crazy. You don't never know what's going to happen. I mean, they picked the Dodgers last year. Look what the Braves did. We were below 500. For most of the season, then all of a sudden we hit that hot streak. So it's whoever hot, you know, going into October. So, you know, if if we're right in it, like everybody thinks that we're going to be, I would be real high on on us repeating. So what's the point of us watching that? Why not get to October now? We got to get that. We got to but you gotta get start now. Like like Mo said, it, it comes in waves and, and you're gonna be hot and cold, but you have to start fresh or and start hot and end hot. And then in the middle you can you can dip and it, it'll wax away, but you've gotta set the tone and set the pace early and then at the end. I'm really not disagreeing with what you're saying. Other guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason he's the other guy. No, I'm just kidding. I'm really not disagreeing with what you're saying, but y'all know baseball is a long summer. It's peaks and valleys. It's ups and downs. Just look at Dansby's uh, Batman. Dansby can go on a 10, 15 game streak. You think he's the best shortstop in the world. And then, I'm talking about hitting the field, and then he'll drop. 
and he'll hit 230 for about three weeks. So baseball is like that. We're going to go up, we're going to go back. Dodgers ain't going to be good for 162 games. I mean, it's just not. So we just got to get in there and grind the battle. Are the Braves going to win 100 games this year? I think I'm, I'm good with the Braves winning 95 games, and I think they'll win the East. Is there any significant competition in the division four? Yes. Uh, I think the Mets are really upgraded. Uh, I think they're picking the Mets to finish second. Phillies uh, pick to finish third. Uh, both teams are upgraded. Juan Soto is just a complete hitter for the Nationals. The Nationals give us trouble whether they in it or out. So we're going to have to grind. But I still think that we got the better team with the better pitching than the East. The Reds are a team that the Braves should be. Yeah. So it just, because we have trouble with some of these, these interdivisional games, we got to win the games that we need to win. And we didn't do it last What do you got to do? Win the series. Got to win the series, right? Okay. So if we play four games and we win three, we won the series, right? Okay. That, I mean, you got to win win as many series as you can. You ain't going to win every game. Right. No, I, I guarantee you, one team in Major League Baseball is going to win every game. Right. So you just, you, but you've got to start out hot to win the first two, three, four series. Okay. All right. Let's look at the lineup. Last night we had Rosario uh, leading off. You had Matt Olson second. You had uh, Austin Riley third. Um uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Austin Riley, third. Uh, Adam Duvall in the cleanup spot, I think. You put him in. And uh, then you had Darno, um, that pinch hitter guy, Dansby, and, and somebody else. I forget. But when Ron Lacuna comes to that lineup, the whole dynamic, they're going to have to pitch the whole lineup different. But what? It seems like you are making it seem like Acuna is the next two. He's an excellent player, but is he a game-changing player like that, that everybody has to all of a sudden jump? But then, okay, but then, again, he's not there now, so the Braves are going to have to readjust the culture. Readjust. Rosario's fine leading off. He's going to be fine. Speaking of, speaking of uh, Acuna, uh, let's take a quick break, guys, and we'll get back to how I want to touch on Here on the couch with Headsport Report is no better. T Bernie, you're the guy here in Carsonville live. We're talking about sports like everyday folks. We are around the water cooler at the barbershop. So, we, before our break, we were talking about Ronald Lacuna. I kind of wanted to dot on the news this week. We heard about the friction that was between him and Freddie Freeman when Freddie Freeman was with the team. So, what are your thoughts, guys? I think. Acuna, what he said makes makes perfect sense. Freddie was for years was the guy that sets the tone, sets the culture in the locker room, and I think 
what Acuna said was taken out of context, especially for you know, an 18 year old kid, 19 year old kid at the time. So I, it makes sense to me, but I, I think there's something there that may be some PC cover up. You know, they're not going to publicly say, oh, I don't like the guy. But maybe there was some friction there because it wasn't the uh, the Bill Belichick answer. Well, I imagine in a lot of ways that we don't talk about, no, we're not inside these clubhouses. But uh, it sounds like there's a culture and there's an initiation, there's a process of when a player joins a team as a rookie that's expected this type of, 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 of uh, what the behavior they receive. So, see for everybody to us. Well, basically what uh, Ronald said, well, they, they asked Ronald, um, are you going to miss Fred? You know, that's the thing. And he says, no, I'm not going to miss him. <laughs> you know, and they weren't, ex- they wasn't expecting that. They thought he was going to shed the love like everybody else does. And basically he's, he says he's, he's not going to miss him because him and Freddie had run-ins in his rookie year. Not no knockdown drag out things, but Ronald was a rookie. Freddie was a, a veteran. Um, uh, I think why I read it. Uh, Freddie really didn't like Ronald wearing the eye black all the way down to his cheeks and uh, coming in, you know, with his hat turned different ways. You know, he Freddie wanted to show him how they do things in Atlanta, uh, the professional way. You know, Atlanta's all, they don't really uh, jump off the road too much, they pretty much straight line, and that's coming from the Bobby Cox days. Brian Snicker is a Air pair the Bobby Cox, so you're gonna get that same thing. He coached on the body. So I think that's where and Ronald didn't like him. He's a young kid. He, you know, he's a he got the pockets on the hand sometimes, you know, to say, no, we're gonna do it like this. And I, I think uh Ronald really didn't like Freddie getting on him about stuff like that. Freddie came out and said he didn't back up away from him. He said, Yeah, you know, I had to enforce the rules that, that we had within the organization and you know, he said, uh, that's just the way it is. And that, and that is the way it is. And I would expect Freddie to do that. I remember that time Ronald didn't run out that. It, it, it was either fly ball or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ball deep uh, kind of got in the gap. I think he should have had uh, a double, but he he was he thought it was gone. So he just kind of jogged. So, uh, you know, I, at that time, Freddie had to talk to him about that because uh, Snicker yanked it right out of the game, and he, which and he, he should have. He should have. Yeah. So you know, these are things that uh, you know rookies have to go through. Ronald also said, you know, I'm going to be a veteran one day, and he's going to do the same thing. So I, I think it was taken a little bit out of context. Does 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 Ronald have a ego problem? Uh, I would say, as good as he is, I think he's pretty humble. But I'm sure he feels real good about himself. Wouldn't you say that? I'll say that, but here's here's kind of like a, a bigger context for this conversation. And we've seen this probably, I think, maybe three or four years ago. There was a player who flipped his back. And there was a national conversation about etiquette and the traditions of baseball and the things that over the years have held true in terms of there being a certain level of respect that players are expected to uphold while they're playing. So... When it comes to tradition, I'm seeing a lot of the young players start to buck that tradition. So when it comes to what we think historically what baseball should look like as far as the players, are we okay with it transitioning into a new modern era? Well, I'll be honest with you now. Uh, I'm a little old school. I'm a little traditionalist. 
traditional. Uh, I remember when King Griffey Jr. came up, turned his hat back. I didn't like it because that wasn't what I was taught. I, I, I felt that you should wear your hat the right way. But when that man goes on to hit 700 or six, whatever home runs he was, seven, he was right at 700 one, uh, then nobody cared. So I think if you're producing, I think, you know, people kind of look at it a little differently. But if you're an average player and you're not giving the right kind of numbers and helping your team win like that, then some of the older guys probably going to have a problem with it. So if you're, if you're a high performer, the rules don't apply, the traditions don't apply to you? I just think that people, I just think that people learn to live with it. Oh, come on now, Drew. What you think? You, you think. That if if uh, if I'm I'm the hot dog, but I'm hitting 45 homers a year, but I'm turning my head, hat back and I'm making all the plays, but but the only problem you got with me is me turning my hat back. Uh, you gonna have a problem with that? If the culture in the locker room is is in a, a rock solid place by the veterans, by the uh, by the good. Producing players on the team. Right. I don't think you have that issue at all. Okay. We can look across all different sports and see that. But regardless, it's how the locker room, that particular locker room is 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 run and is function. And I, in my personal opinion, I think that those rules kind of supersede a lot of other rules. And if you're, it doesn't matter who you are. Everybody's equal in in the eyes of the locker room culture. Because then one guy does it, and then the next guy, and the next, and then you've got a you've got an issue. So isn't that what we just said about uh, Freddie? That was kind of the locker room culture, right? The Braves are they they consider around the league they wear suit and ties in their uh, locker room as opposed to other teams. So he was trying to straighten it all out in that respect. You know, here you we're gonna do it like this. So question then the question begs then okay, Freddie Freeman's offense for working around the country. Is there a hierarchy to who can set the tone or reinforce those those clubhouse rules? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they got what they call the kangaroo court, court. You know, if you break some rules within the courthouse, then you you get fined. You know, and that's within the players. So, uh, you know, Fred was one of the hierarchies. I mean, he, he was MVP. He was this, he was that. He was consistent here. All this time. He, he, you know, he's a superstar. So, you know, you, you got to respect him. I think Ronald will look back. Um, on on that and and see because he's gonna be that veteran and he's gonna have to enforce that especially when you when you're in a winning culture you're trying to keep that so I agree think, man? I I agree I I fully agree. I think as as Ron gets gets a little couple more years of experience gets that maturity he will be very much the same way and as long as he abides by as he progresses through his career as if he abides by the rules he will certainly adapt to them but if he starts to buck them now it's it's going to be very different when he's that kind of the uh, i don't the think senior. he's i don't think he's buckling that's just a young player with, with pizzazz with flair i love it when he hits a home run to do that <laughs> whatever he be saying you know but i love that there definitely will be Shift, I believe, in the, in the chemistry once he returns to the lineup. Good talk, guys. All right, folks, it's time to take another break here on the Cowboys Report. We're returning back. We're going to talk some time. Thanks for watching.
I think the fans love Tiger. I I, I just think the top couple players would uh, are getting are getting a little jealous. Run them off. So Scotty Scheffler, Charles Schwartzzel, Shengjie Lim, Shane Lowry, and Jacqueline Dean are the top five. Okay. All all five of those guys would love to have more cameras on them because they're playing the best golf of their life in the biggest tournament in golf, and nobody's watching. They watch. All I remember about this Masters is that Tiger would play. And, and he scored outside the top 20. Right? But let me ask you, though, and be honest, Mo, you're a female. If you was my wife and I was Tiger, and, 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 and I was women, women. now wait a minute, yeah, you might have to do that. Okay, I ain't denying that now. But that's why I played my best. <laughs> but. But go back to what's the first guy's name is women? Uh, Scotty Scheffler. Okay, his wife. If he wins the Masters and he gets that check and all that pub in that green jacket, do you think his wife is going to be worried about anything else? No, she's not. He's going to bring home that Masters check. He's going to bring home that uh, green jacket. He's going to get the pub. He's going to make all the rounds for winning the Masters. You think his wife gonna be worried about? Oh, they talk about Tiger that day, but they talking about you all these days. They, but they won't. They, yes, they, they will. They, he'll, he'll win the Masters, he'll get the jacket, but the, the narrative will continue to be. And I think that the the issue is, is that right now the popularity of golf is running off of nostalgia. And again, yes, I still, I remember the crowds and I remember the excitement around Tiger Woods and I remember. The tremendous play where he could be behind, and next thing you know, he's winning. I, I give it. it was exciting. It was wonderful. But in this new era, we have to give space for these new players, for these new names, to carry the game forward. Or it's not gonna, it's not gonna last. Tiger's only forty-six years old. Y'all trying to put him in the grave? I'm just saying, he needs to retire. No, he don't. He needs to retire. Forty-six. Oh, I love you, but I can't agree with you. That he needs to be relevant again. He is relevant. He's not. From a from a Winning a tournament's perspective, he is not relevant. You guys, what y'all been drinking? This is Tiger Woods. Legacy. His greatness, his greatness is great. You can't. Before he won the Masters in 2020, what was his record? He won it in 2020. I don't care. <laughs> See? He won it in 2020. <laughs> and they said he was over the hill then. They said he was done. It was magnificent. It was remarkable. It was. The man shattered his leg, his foot. They almost amputated it. And he comes back and he tees off in the 2022 Masters. I don't care if you're not like it. That's, that's something to behold. We get it. We get it. You're inspired, T-Bird. But, oh, gee, I mean, does he really have a chance to win this? No. No. He, he does not. He He is... Whether he needs more time to heal or more... It ain't no different than Tom Brady. Damn, Tom, Tom Brady. Tom Brady goes on winning championships. How many Tiger got? Fifteen. Very different. Very different. No, no, don't give Tom, me none of that. But very different. Tom Brady was, was playing. He was playing a championship caliber football. He was in the hunt this year. This year, Tiger had, and he won last year. Tiger hasn't been re- relevant in two years. This ago. Masters is not over in two years. He ain't been relevant. Golf is one of the hardest games to play. 
He ain't been reveling in two years and you tried to write him off. And he won the Masters in 2020. The Masters in two years ago. And then what happened? He had a, his whole world came upside down. And so it's, if he can recover and play at the level that he did before the accident, that's that's a very different conversation. You're killing me, Drew. You're I killing me. You're killing me. We want to see Tiger do well. No, you don't. I think OG and I are realistic. No, you don't. No, you don't. Y'all don't want to see it well. Y'all trying to take a crippled man and put him in the ground. And, but the, and the man is 46 years old. Tiger's 46. He's playing Remember When. Remember When Tiger was good? Yeah. Y'all, y'all, what y'all doing? Tag team or something? <laughs> huh? It's two on one? This is an intervention. Jumping off the top rope. You can help. Man, and let me tell you something. If Tiger Woods wins this Masters, Y'all gonna pay for it. Y'all gonna pay. What's, what's, hey. what's the wager? What's the wager? Y'all, I'm gonna think about it all show. But y'all gonna pay. If Tiger wins this Masters, matter of fact, if Tiger wins this Masters, you're fired. You have a vested interest in him not winning. How about that? No, no. Let's start thinking about that. Yeah, y'all better think about this thing because I want the wide do, the way do, whatever you can. We're time to take another break, folks. Um, please stay with us. We enjoy having this evening. We're having good sports talk. We're back on the Cal Sports Report talking to the Hawks. We'll be back. All right, folks, we're back here on the Capital Test Group Report. Here live at Mission Road Studios, live every Friday at 6 o'clock. Tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your daddy, you Join us. We'd love to have you, have you listening with us, talking sports like everyday folks. Yeah, Nick and them, and, you know, and them. Fuki and Ray Ray. And, yeah, and JoJo and all of them. Casey. Yeah, tell them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. All right, here we get Lord, just breathe, T-Bird. We're going to... We're going to get into another subject. I'm sure that you're going to have some thoughts on. Um, these Atlanta Hawks, they went to the game the other day. They're, in the, they're in the plan. They could possibly get seen a little behind before it's all said and done. All right. What do you think? What Can we can, can we make a more serious run? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, the game the other night, they played the Wizards. Uh, matter of fact, I took my grandson of mine. We had a wonderful time. He enjoyed it. Got him a Trey Young jersey and all that stuff. And it was good. Uh, the stars for us played that night. Uh, Bogey, Trey, Capella, they all did what you're supposed to do. Matter of fact, Clint Capella is playing like he did last year. Well, again, I think the Hawks go back to, and Drew, you, you you get with me on this because I want to see if we agree. We we play, we live by the three and we die by the three. And in my opinion, you cannot win. It's only one team that's won like that, and that's Golden State. Everybody else has tried to do it, but they can't do it. You have to play the game from the inside out. And I sit there the other night against a subpar team, the Washington Wizards, 
And I watched this battle with them for a whole half. Second half, we kind of took over the game around because we were making our threes. If we were not making our threes, they had a chance to beat us and uh, make keep the game closer. I do not understand for the life of me why we don't drive the ball to the basket more. Not just going to your big man, but I mean, okay, if you don't want to go to the big man, drive the ball. DeAndre Hunter was driving the ball to the basket early on, scored, getting fouled. Trey driving the ball to the basket, scoring the foul. Then we get up by 15 points. What do we do? Bogdan Bogdanovich comes in, and I'm going to give it to Bogdan. Had a good game. Coming down on breaks, three on one, four on two, pulling up and shooting a three. You up 15. Money, you tell me what is the quickest way for another team to get right back in the game? When you take a high percent, uh, an opportunity for a high percentage shot, layup, dunk, you know, shooting close, and trade that for a chance at a, maybe you hit one out of three threes, you're going to give the opportunity, uh, the other team a, a lot of opportunities to, to start to whittle that score down. We saw that in, in college the other day. So Golden State, like you said, is, is one of the very few, maybe only teams in history that shoot a high percentage of three-pointers, contested or uncontested, and doesn't matter the range because both both those guys are snipers. So it's it's a different different conversation for them. No other team can do that, and it will be the downfall of Hawks. Yes, and that's what I mean, Mo. I, I just we we get into play and we go. We we got a chance to uh, believe it or not. After the season we've had, we got a chance to get into the seventh spot. And, if certain things happen, if not, we end the play in. Okay, so you gonna that's we gonna call that postseason. But if our defense again is suspect again, uh, we go down, we score, the other team comes right back down and score. I don't. You you you, you got to get stopped. You got to stop the other team and play as a cohesive, complete unit on both sides of the ball. Question: I think that, and this has kind of been the cry for fans for years of having a certain identity for this Hawks team. And I still hear that in terms of have your players who can score, defend, do the little things. Are we having an, an, are we having expectations that are unrealistic and wanting this team to be something that it just can't be? No, we're not. Go ahead. Trey is a three-point shooter. And and he is the leader of the team, whether he wants to. So they, he sets the tone, and they shoot threes. If you think about other players, leaders of their team in, in through NBA history, they're, they are going to adopt, for the most part, what the leader of the team does. And so if that's shoot threes, the team's going to shoot threes. If that's drive to the basket, drive to the basket. Look at LeBron, look at Jordan, look at Kobe. All of those players, their team's match their identity. Even if the, the, the Hawks aren't listening to the analysts, the critics, the fans, in terms of us all screaming the same thing, why is it they haven't responded or adjusted in any kind of way that could significantly to improve, improve their chances? What do you think? Uh, run that by me again. Just like a man. What you say? Oh, gee, jump in. I, I think He's not going to listen because he thinks that he's going to make everyone that he shoots. I, he's got confidence. No problem with that. But he's got to 
get that maturity to realize that that's not the best opportunity. That's not the best way to win is it, to throw us back. Isn't that why I'm a bird to talk. I mean, we're asking a young player to be mature and be a leader when he's still developing, really. No, he's. I, I think Trey is coming along. Uh, he's still got a lot of things to learn. I'm going to give him that. But without Trey, we are no good. Now, I don't care how you slice it. We are no good. He, you know, he had uh, 30 the other night. We needed those 30 points with, you know, to win. Uh, I think he's changing his game a little bit. If you've noticed lately, He's been uh, getting his, getting everybody involved early on in the first half. You know, it's assists and double figures pretty much. But he's a scorer point guard. You know, uh, DeLon Wright is your true point guard who cannot shoot at all. But, he, you know, he can facilitate a little bit. And he's a good backup. But Trey is a, is a scorer uh, one. Okay, then they can bring the one right in and have Trey at the same time and then move Trey to the two to, to you know, so he won't have to work as hard. So uh, I think Trey is coming along. We just got to give him better pieces. But you know, that's been that's been a formula for the for the Hawks for years. I think back to the Joe Johnson years. It was all Joe Johnson was throwing it up crazy and I was mm-hmm. scoring. Yeah. But we never really brought anyone significant. I think did he play with Al Horford? Yes, yes. So then they had the seventy wins. Yes. So but that was absolutely straight. Yes. But no, it, it, we we so we got the score. It's always bringing more pieces. Always bringing more pieces. For some reason, Atlanta hasn't seemed attractive to any big names or any significant players who could really change the trajectory of this team. So I I, I agree. They thought that Kevin Herter and DeAndre Hunter was those pieces. Okay, but I'm just trying to tell you, they thought that they were the pieces, but we've seen that they are not. They are not those pieces. So you're going to have to go find an instant score that can come in and give you that. And I don't mean just threes. I mean a complete basketball player that can take the ball to the hole, play defense, and, and shoot a three. So you got to go find that guy and hopefully... You know, Travis Slink is going to do that. I, he's seen it. You know, Travis, he even said, he said, maybe, you know, I I, I put too much stock in this team and maybe we're, we're not as good as I, we, I thought that we were going to be when I put this team together. So there's going to be some changes. Well, they just got to make the right changes. So why why is it always the players and not necessarily the coach? Is it Nate's How much of this is Nate's fault? I think some of it is Nate's fault. I think that uh, Nate, I, I, I really don't understand his uh, communication. Y'all talked about uh, what identity do we have. I have no idea what, what identity we have because we, again, our offense is threes. Our defense is non-existent at times, most of the time. And so I don't know what type of team we are. That's, that's why I'm afraid we get in the playoffs I have no idea who we're going to be. You know, are we going to play defense? Are we going to make threes tonight? If we, if Bogdan Bogdanovich is not making threes early on, that's going to tell you how our night's going to go. So are you are you at all excited or looking forward to even just attempting to do something significant in this playoff season? Of course I'm excited because, you know, for a while, it didn't even look like we were going to make the playoffs. Would y'all agree? Yeah. Uh, uh, other guy, what you think? I mean, I, I just, 
It's going to be fun. They can revamp themselves. Get in there and win. We got the Miami Heat tonight. We need to win this game tonight. Now, will we win? You know, I don't know because we don't seem to win these type of games. Miami's got the Miami's got a very good record. I mean, they're they're significantly better record than Los. They got ten more wins and ten fewer losses. Miami, on paper, is the better team. Miami also has several veteran players. Does the does the lack of veteran leadership on the Hawks play into this? You know what? Now, I think they got leadership. You know, John Collins is out. I think he's one of the leaders, and Clint Capella. But Clint Capella is not a vocal type of leader. And then if Clint's not playing, well, he, he ain't going to say nothing anyway. So I, I think we kind of match up good with them, but I think Miami, when we play them, they out-hustle us all the time. They out-hustle. They get this ball. They rebound. They, they do all these things, and it seems like our, our effort is not a maximum effort. So – you know, we, we got to win the game tonight. We we really need to win because against the, the number one seed in the East, if you win this game tonight, that's going to give you confidence going on into the play-in. So, again, I, I can't put a finger on what type of team we got. I've been trying to do it. I don't think we're going to go very far. I, I really don't. Uh, what do you think? I, I just don't think. I, I just don't know. We, we don't have something. It's something that we don't have to go for. Yeah, looking at, depending on how things play out, the potential seed, play Miami, play Milwaukee. I, again, it's it, both teams seem to give us trouble, but they are more complete basketball teams because they're not, they don't live and die by the three. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, if we, say if we, once we get in, we, we could play the Nets again. Okay, we're not going to meet, beat the Nets again. I, I just don't think. Kevin Durant had 55 points against us the other night. And Trey had a good game. And we played better as a team that night. But we don't do it every night. And you got to beat those teams. What did Rick Flair say? In order to beat a man, you got to beat a man. And they almost beat the man. Against the yes, we did. And see, that's what I mean. We go into that seven for three-point shots and we miss. And they get the wrong reason. And they shoot layups at the other end. And why Nate? If he addresses that, they ain't listening. Because I just don't know if he make adjustments on that. You can, any team can win a game on a single night. But these playoffs are a five and seven game series. And the Hawks cannot play to their to their potential for, for enough games to win a series. Especially without John Collins. And you got now you got Jalen Johnson. See Nate won't even play him. This boy can jump out the gym. He had a good game a couple of weeks ago at 13 points, running the floor. You ain't got John. Put the man in there and see what he can do. This is your number one pick. Let him play. Now I don't I don't agree with that. I think if that young kid got the ups, you put him in there and let them that's your number one pick. Let him get some experience. Better than TLC or Tumacpo or whatever his name we'll is. We'll be watching, certainly. <laughs> no expectations. This free-based basketball, I guess, so we can just look forward to the next year. I'm hoping we win. All right, we'll be back. We're going to take another break, wrap things up. It's a random talk. It's the Capital Sports Report. We'll be back.
We're back hitting the home stretch here on the Couch Potatoes Sports Report. It's Mo Better. T-Birds and other guy OG. Y'all been, y'all been going at it tonight, guys. Yeah, you don't try to black my eye. <laughs> we care. Because we care, we try to be honest with you. Yeah. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Call me wrong. Just call like you said. Did you hear that? He tried to black my eye. <laughs> so many bitches All right, folks, let's start this random talk off with something that we don't want to talk about, but the media seems to think that we care about, and that's the dismal Los Angeles Lakers in their terrible season and their elimination from playoff contention. What are your thoughts? I think the Lakers are the prime example of having three All Stars. That are more or less self They are used to be running the show. LeBron, very he's the guy. And then Anthony Davis, he used to be the guy until he got to the Lakers. Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook has been the guy for years. And now he's just one of three, maybe four superstars on the team. And they don't know how to play together. That is the definition of just a team of all-stars will almost always lose to a well-rounded, balanced basketball team. Well, in their defense a little bit, the Lakers this year had billions of different lineups. So the chemistry has just really not been there in terms of them to really make a cohesive unit that can really make a push and really make an impact the year. The team that worried about LeBron is hurt. Uh, Anthony Davis has been hurt most of the year. Yeah, there are excuses as to why this team was so terrible this year. Well, one thing, they're old. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's one thing. You know, uh, I've never been a big fan of Anthony Davis, and I'm going to tell you why, because when he, I think he's with the New Orleans Pelicans. Right. Didn't want to play for them. You know, again, we go back to uh, when you get drafted, everybody crying, your mom crying, your sister's crying because you finna, everybody finna get rich. And uh, we, he, he had to, you know, so he, then he goes to the to the uh, Pelicans, and uh, all of a sudden uh, he don't like playing. You know, he hurt. He walked. He at the game every night, but he ain't playing because he don't want to be there. I hate that about these leagues where they let the players say, "I'm gonna go over there. I, I, I don't like it because it's a disservice to the fans." Another thing, uh, uh, you know, Rocket, won't you, uh, Russell Westbrook? Uh, Russell plays faster than the game. Uh, his shot has been off all year. It's turned out to be not a good uh, chemistry mix for them, him and LeBron and, and Anthony Davis. And I just think it's just a total debacle. They talk about the Lakers even when they got the, one of the worst records in the league. It's not right to the other teams. Uh, you want to play – they were on last night. Why are the Lakers on TV? They 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 not even in the if the Atlanta Hawks are not in the playoffs, they're not gonna be on national TV. Here's the thing though, oftentimes you win on those national schedules are are, are pre-arranged. So I, this is the this is the funny thing to me. I think was when they playing over the state. Mm-hmm. So there was an expectation that that would be a good draw for this time of year because they were probably both expected to make the playoffs. So that was probably slated to be a good game. But I have a question for you. Yeah. So we talked about Russell Westbrook, and we talked about the Hawks having a need for another scorer. It looks like the writing's on the wall with Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. You want? You mean do I think you need to go? Hell no! 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 He he was 
to destroy what little chemistry we got. I see you shaking your head. No, he's he's too. He's toxic. drama just about everywhere he's went. Yeah, he's toxic. But he can score. No, he can't. He, he can. No, he can't. James Howard can score, but he's the most one of the most selfish players in the game. Even Trey wouldn't get shots if Russell came to the lab. <laughs> oh my God! No, Russell, he wouldn't be a good fit for us. He's, you know. He, don't, don't don't even think about that. And then you got LeBron, um, and, and you know LeBron is picking the team. I mean, I don't I don't like that that facet of it. Uh, I know he's LeBron. He's done this. He's done that. But I, I just he basically put that team together, just like Tom Brady put the team together in Tampa Bay. So I don't really like those players having that type of power. I just really don't. I, I, you got a GM, let the organization move, but they paying you X amount of money. I mean, come on, man. LeBron brought all his all his old friends. Like you got Carmelo on the team. Yeah. He's a, he's a relic. You got Dwight Howard, who hasn't been relevant in years. Right, right. And and then you've got the three guys that that expect the ball. But the big the Miami big three, LeBron, D Wade, and and um, Chris and Chris Bosh. They each played a different role, and Chris Bosh is not the the guy. And at that time, um, D Wade he knew his it fit in. It was a cohesive. But you got trying to win titles, right? And this is different because this these are all historic selfish players that Russell Westbrook always wants the ball. Carmelo Anthony has played ISO his almost his entire career. He wants the they got you know, Big Bird. Bird. He wants the ball too. He looks just like Anthony Davis. Looks just like Big Bird. They got too many mouths to feed, and they they can't pat. No one can pat. And I don't necessarily think that they necessarily like each other. If you want to know the truth, I think that there, it was there was a mission. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. We're just a couple of years removed from them winning the title, right? So it's it's not as if it's a bust with this team. But maybe we just all had too many high expectations of, of what this team could have been. But look at the 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 lower the names on the team that no one else really knows about. DJ Augustine has always been a a, a very solid guard. Yeah. He, he can shoot the three. Then you've got Malik Monk, who at one Malik time Monk, he he's the future of that team. Yeah, he he is one that they want to invest in and build around because. Carmelo and Dwight Howard and even LeBron don't have that many more years to go. Now, we need a, a Malik Monk type of player in Atlanta. That's what we're talking about. Somebody that can come in and bring energy and bring points. Yeah, I got you. All right, folks. Um, well, we got a, we got a guest in the studio. Well, well, I just got to add this. Right, I'm, I'm great. Thank y'all for having me again this evening. Thank I just want to let y'all know, don't be surprised if Dwight Howard for the University of Michigan Winds up the head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers next season. I just want to put that out there. Juwan Howard. Juwan <laughs> Howard, the coach of the. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, the rumor is. No, the rumor is that they're going to secure Juwan Howard as they're going to fire Thibodeau. He's out, and Juwan Howard is Wait, in. Is this? Not Thibodeau, but uh, Vogel. Vogel, I'm sorry. Vogel's out. Juwan Howard's in. So you heard it here first on Couch Potatoes. I just wanted to let y'all know that. I'm sad we let that little news break. Well, the thing is, if it happens, now if it happens, you heard it on the Couch Potatoes Sports Report in Cartersville, Georgia. If it don't happen, we get what you heard.
Just wait to put it out there. Alright, right, folks. So we have Clown 2 national champions on the college level, college basketball, NCAA tournaments wrapped up. And give me my flowers because I called it. Kansas took the top spot. Yeah. Um, were you surprised? No, not not at all. Because we all know college basketball. Basketball in general is, is a game of, of runs, and they're going to have a run, you're going to have a run. And UNC kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit. They, they changed the, the side, and they didn't have that killer instinct and allowed Kansas to get back in the game, and then they couldn't finish. I disagree with you that. I don't think they took the foot off the gas. They just couldn't shoot. They was coming down shooting, but they weren't making anything in the second half. Drew. They, and then in the first half, Kansas wasn't making anything. I, matter of fact, I was watching the game, and I got tired of looking at that crap. I really did. It, it was getting on my nerves. Give Kansas credit for making some great second half adjustments. It was, it was a great tournament. We certainly enjoyed seeing St. Peter's make history. Uh, looking forward to the next year. Start the brackets early. Start the lookout early. The women, again, we, all, we talked about it last week. We called it. We called it. We knew the last two standing teams would be. It looks like the torch have been passed from UConn to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And what about the job that Don Staley has done? I love program. I love her and, and because her team plays, me and Drew talked about it last week, her team plays the way she played. And I, I just want to run something by y'all right quick, Drew, for you for you come in. Here we go. I, want, I, I just, look, I love Don State. And I just want you to listen to uh, this resume that this lady got. Could be very well maybe the first NBA coach, in my opinion. Okay. I'm with you. Okay. Uh, these are some of the things. Uh, SEC wins, NCAA wins. Okay, wait a minute. I'm looking at the wrong. Don Staley, six times WNBA All Star. Don Staley, six times SEC champion as a coach. As a coach, it, that's what it says. Six times SEC champion. Oh, SEC. Okay. Yeah, SEC champion as a coach. Five times SEC coach of the year. Five times. That's five times. Three times Olympic gold medalist. Two times Naismith Player of the Year. Two times Naismith Coach of the Year. Come on, somebody. Two times WBCA Player of the Year. Two times ACC Player of the Year. Two times, uh, what's A10 Coach of the Year? Yeah, A10 Conference. Okay, A10 Conference. 2020 WBCA. And national champion, coach of AP national coach of the year, two time champion, uh, national champion coach at South Carolina. He's I mean, come on, this this lady has done it all, and like you said, Mo, it's because we don't cover the women like we cover the men, and that's a shame. That's a shame. Yeah, and the SEC and women's basketball is like. Five or ten years ago, the Big East in in yeah, yes. when John Thompson was there, and and that is a that is a gauntlet of of a season. And when you can be the you know champion and coach of the year that many times within that competitive field, that's saying something. Yes. I I I really think that this young lady could, and this is my opinion. I think that one day she could be a coach in the NBA if she wanted. If she wanted to. I I really do because. She, I think she can handle the dudes. I think they'll respect her. You gotta respect that. I mean, 
And she's not afraid to put somebody in their place. That's what I'm talking about. That's why I say I think they will respect her. I just think it's phenomenal. And I love I love watching her attack style basketball. So we've we've got an impressive resume, certainly a bright future for this program. Speaking of resumes, speaking of coaches, Georgia State's got a new hire. We've got Jonas Hayes who's stepping in. Um, are you impressed? Do you see a bright future for this program and his leadership? Oji? I, I think it's gonna it's it's gonna start off like all new things. It's he's gotta set the tone, he's gotta he's gotta learn a, a little bit on how to coach at a, at a, at this stage, but there's potential. I just hope that he gets a fair shot and has enough talent to to do something with it, to really show his coaching ability and not just have you know C D E players. I, I think uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's a former Georgia player back in the day. Uh, I would love to see a lot of. Uh, you know, Georgia alumni get behind him and support him. And hopefully he can get the recruits in to, to keep Georgia State things going because uh, right now in the state of Georgia, college ball, they're the best basketball team we got. Potentially, yeah. And here's the thing. that he has a good history with recruiting, so hopefully we can change that narrative. But, yeah, it's tough here in Georgia. Football is the name of the game, I think. Basketball, college basketball has been relevant since Mark Curtis was at Georgia Tech. Uh, I think the higher it's dealt with before, and a lot of people are guys in Georgia, but there are some high expectations that just never really came to fruition. And it's not like that you don't have the talent. We have the number one draft in, in the NBA draft a couple of years ago. So it's not like we, we can't bring this out. Can we find a leader who really knows how to change the culture of a program that historically just has not done well? Well, the only sad thing about that, Morgan, is. is uh, if he does do well and gets the recruits, he, he ain't gonna be there. Right. Yeah. He's, you know, he's somebody gonna snag. Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's tough to be a high high performing football team and have a, a basketball team that are that are both championship caliber. So I think it's gonna be an uphill climb, but the potential is there. But he's he's not gonna last long. Stuff to do well. All right, guys. Thank you for your input. Thanks. Thanks for joining us tonight. Before we wrap up, we just want to say thank y'all again for tuning in to Couch Potatoes Sports Report. Please listen to Mission Rome Studios every week. We're going to bring you new live entertainment. Stay tuned. We're going to have talk shows galore. You've been listening to the Couch Potatoes Sports Report on Mission Rome Studios. See you next week. Peace out.